0: Like I said in the beginning, there's a lot to celebrate today. Uh, Maybe first and foremost, the celebration that we have today that the church gives us is the Feast of Christ the King. Now, Father Dennis reminded us last night at our holy hour that this feast is actually less than 100 years old. It was instituted in about 1920 when the world started to impose on uh, its people these imperial rulers We were being threatened from all sides, from unjust rulers. And so the church said, this is not how it's supposed to be. The church said, we don't have an earthly king that's oppressive in the end. They will all pass away. We have a heavenly king. And in fact, a king who is king of not just heaven and not just earth, but a king of the universe. You can't get bigger than the universe. So this is the feast of Jesus Christ, king of the universe sort of an in-your-face kind of message to the world. It's not about what you think. This is about who Jesus is. That's what the church says. Which is really good for us, because Jesus is not uh, an imposter. He's not an evil ruler. He's not oppressive. He's kind, he's demanding, but he's loving. Everything he does is loving. So it's good that we have a feast like this to remind us of who really rules our lives. And that's actually just the point, isn't it? So Jesus is the king of the universe. So all time and space, all creatures under heaven and earth, all principalities and powers, all nations and kingdoms, they are all subject to him. All names and all people will bow the knee at the name of Jesus. In the end, they all will, including us. But just because he's the king of the universe, that doesn't mean much to us unless he's the king of your universe and my universe, unless he's enthroned here and in charge of me and in charge of you. There's a really famous picture of Jesus and I can't remember if he's crowned or not, but he's standing outside a door and he's knocking. So it's a cabin. It's covered in ivy. We used to have it growing up in my house in the hallway. So he's standing knocking, and the interesting thing about this picture is, on the door, maybe you know this, there's no doorknob. So he's a good king who respects our freedom. He doesn't impose on us. He knocks at our door and lets us know that he's there, But he invites us to invite him in. He doesn't open the door and let himself in. We must open it for him. And so some of you haven't yet opened the door. Some of you have a home that's nice and comfortable. And Jesus is not yet king. He's not yet maybe even, maybe a foot in the door. You want him to be there, but not all the way. So so tonight I just invite you to crack the door. Just open the door a little bit to this very good king. And let him in you will not be sorry your life may be changed in fact I promise you it will but you will not be sorry for it now some of you have already let him in and in fact maybe he's been the king of your universe for a while and I don't, I don't know if I've seen this anywhere for a while, but I was remembering like in TV shows, or uh, it used to be a thing like 70s and 80s, and there was a room in the house and it usually was the front room and it was covered in plastic. You, the kids could not play there, it's called the showroom. I don't know if you had any of that, but that's like all your best stuff was there. The fancies, you know, covered in plastic. Don't sit on there, grandma will be angry. Play outside, it's the showroom. So I wonder if some of us have allowed Jesus into our home, but then after a while kind of shown him the best room in the house, and we sort of set him there and say, you stay put. It's really nice because it's the very front room, so everybody who comes in gets to see that Jesus is in your house, but he doesn't have access to your bedroom, to your man cave, To your whatever. You know, we we let Jesus in and then we relegate him to a particular room in the house. So if that's you, the call is to open the showroom door. Let him in to the whole house. Let him into those places that he's not yet king of. Again, I can promise you this night and day, and in fact, I think I do. I think I just repeat myself ad nauseum. You won't be sorry. Your life may be changed. In fact, it will. I promise you that. But you won't be sorry. And now we have a confirmation. One of our own who is going to be confirmed and and going to let in the Holy Spirit. He's going to crack that door. In fact, he's been cracking it, I know. And allowing the Holy Spirit in. Now, be careful. Because the Holy Spirit is the redecorator. In fact, maybe even the wrecking crew. So, we like it if Jesus comes in and sort of cleans up things for us. But the Holy Spirit comes in and blows stuff away. He knocks down walls. He tears out the kitchen and breaks down the back wall and lets in all the breeze and all the stuff you've been trying to hold out. He lets it all in and then builds a third floor and a master bath. He builds it into a castle. He will destroy your little cottage and build you a castle. That's what the Holy Spirit does when he comes in. So be careful. That's what's going to happen. Because confirmation is about Pentecost. Do you remember that story? You had 12 scared, frightened men in a locked room. The Holy Spirit comes in and everything changes. Their world is rocked. Their cottage is shattered. It's demolished. And a castle is built for them. Jesus says, I have dwelling places waiting for you in heaven. These are not little shacks outside looking at the bigger houses of the saints. These are palaces, right? That's what happens today. The Holy Spirit will demolish what you have and make a palace for not just you but the king to come and be enthroned in your house. So these 12 men, when they receive the Spirit, They then have a mission. They are empowered to go preach the gospel, and 3,000 people are converted by 12 scared men. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what you're going to receive today. That's what all of you have received if you have been baptized. That's what all of you have received, you who have been confirmed. And that's what you can receive anew today. If as we watch our fellow brother be confirmed, we invite the Holy Spirit again into our hearts. So let's do just that. And one last thing. Once we let him in, be careful too. He gives you a mission. He doesn't just come and say, great, now you're holy. He gives you a mission. And so after Mass, we will have a Eucharistic procession and our new confirmed will then be one of the banner carriers, one of the canopy carriers to cover the Eucharist. He will then process around with his newly enthroned Lord, King of his heart. So let's welcome up uh, Jacob Kester, our confirmandi, and his sponsor for this confirmation.